Welcome to the Encounters Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Dopp, and on each episode, you will hear powerful stories of one-on-one evangelization, brought to you as a collaboration between Mission of the Redeemer Ministries and Genesis Mission, the Encounters Podcast will encourage you in the Catholic faith, inspire you as a missionary disciple, and equip you to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. Hey, Michelle, last time we chatted, you had two stories you wanted to tell, and we only got to one of them. Yeah, okay. But today we're going to get to the second one. Yes, it's an interesting one, Michael, which, which is why I wanted to share it, really. So what happened was I was having a coffee, and it was one of those mobile coffee places, you know, like there's a van that pulls up and they serve coffee out of the back of it. Anyway, so I was there having a coffee and another guy was there who I also know is a Christian. He's not a Catholic, but I know he's a Christian. And so we chatted for a while and then someone else uh, rocked up and my, my friend, the Christian, said, he said, I've been trying to convert him for years, see how you get on. And I'm thinking, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> quite an amiable kind of guy and he, he looks very he's quite well dressed he's in his 50s quite jolly you know and uh, and, and I said uh, before we start uh, I'm not going to try and convert you I said yeah I said and anyway it's not my job to convert you I said only only the Holy Spirit can convert you it's up to God if to to convert you I said uh, I said but I would love to talk to you and he said oh yeah yeah sure he said he said um I'm very interested in in religion and stuff he said but I've got a few issues about it I'm like oh good I love people with issues <laughs> I do so we start so you know we're off on a bit of a banter for like this and I, I'm silently praying, like, right, okay, Lord, what's coming? So help me with this. Anyway, so he says, yeah, he says, um, two or three years ago, he said, I, I started to look into into religion a bit, he said, and I, I went around a few churches. The first church I went to, he said, well, he said, I went in and there was all photographs up on the on the notice board of all the important people in the church. And I could tell this was like a little bit of a, irritation to him I think uh, he said and um, you could see who like who was who he said and he said I went in and he said and I stayed afterwards for coffee he said but no one really spoke to me he said I, I felt like uh, they were all wanting to speak to the people in the pictures but no one really bothered with me he said so I, I sort of I got a bit disheartened with that so I, I didn't go again for a while and then I found another church he said and, and I went there and he said they were really friendly I felt very welcomed and I went a couple of times and and they were really I felt really like included there it was great he said and then they invited me to go to the alpha course he said so I did uh, two or three sessions of alpha and I was really loving it and then we'd have a chat afterwards and we'd talk about experiences of God and, and stuff like that he said, so all of this was, I was listening to all this and he said, and it was starting to have an impression on me. It was starting to make an impact. I was starting to think, okay, right. There's, yeah, there's something more in this because these people sound genuine and authentic about what they're, what they're about. And uh, he said, so anyway, I had to go that week for a business trip. And while I was there, he said, I, I said a prayer, God, if you're real, I want you to, I want you to give me a sign so I know. Because he said, I, I've got to tell you, he said, I'm one of these people, I'm more about, I'm more science based, he said, you know, he said, I've got to, I've got to know something is real. I'm not just going to buy into something because 
just because everybody else does or because it's you know some mystical thing he said i need to i need to understand it and it needs to make sense to me he said so as i was walking i had this little prayer going and he said i noticed some scaffolding and at the top of the scaffolding there was a there was a like a, a banner sign as i looked up at it he said the wind had blown half of the banner down and the only two words that were visible on this banner which was he said like 100 foot up in the air he said and i don't even know how i spotted it he said the two words that were visible were it's true and he and i was like it was like an answer to my prayer he said it had mm-hmm. a profound impact on me i was just uh, he said my heart i was so grateful you know i immediately started saying thank you thank you thank you like this you know Anyway, he said I was really excited. So I got after my conference, I went back and I went back to the church the next week. We got into our small groups after the session and I told the lady who was the leader, I said, what had happened? I said, I was beside myself because I finally had something to share and it was really, really important. And she just said, oh, no, 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 no. You can't come to faith like that. No, that's not how you come to faith. No, yeah, <laughs> no. She said, you've got to sit down, you've got to study the books, you've got to do that, you know, and all that. And we're only halfway through the course, she says. <laughs> and to be honest, he said, it was just such a, it was like, well, literally, you know, when you've heard that phrase, someone pulls the rug out from under your feet. He said, I felt like that. He said, I just thought, oh, what's it all about then? I've got it wrong. I really thought that God was, you know, showing me something and I've got it wrong. Well, you can imagine I'm listening to all this and I, ah, oh, I'm just like, Oh, my goodness. I'm still praying to the Holy Spirit, thinking, okay, come on then. This is quite an important moment, Holy Spirit. I need you to give me some real clear words here to help this man. So I said, wow. (laughs) I said, that's an amazing story. I said, that's really, that's blown me away, really. I said, you know, in my experience, God will use every, every possible way to communicate to us. And most of the time... He's not on our radar, so we don't see his communications, I said. But, you know, it appears to me that something pretty amazing happened. He said, yeah, I felt like that. I said, well, I'm not sure why that lady would say that that God might not reveal himself to you or wouldn't reveal himself to you in that way. And in a way, she's not wrong. It's a journey. And, you know, there is, I mean, the the more we find out, the more we realise that there's more to know. I said, but that's the great part of the journey. I said, but... uh, I'm surprised that she dismissed your what your experience. I said, but I, let's just take a step back. I said, and I can under, I said I can understand why this has pulled the rug out and like you've stopped your seeking for the, or you've paused your seeking at the moment. I said, but there's two things about this that really strike me, and one is that you describe yourself as a, a science type person. You know, you you want you want evidence. You want to see that things are real, and before you can take them on as your own. And I said, and I, I totally understand that. I said, because I, I'm the same way. I'm not just going to believe in something because someone else thinks it's a good idea. I, I, it has to be an experience, an experiential thing that, that uh, impacts me. Uh, and I'll back that up with evidence once that's happened, I said. And, and it sounds to me that, you know, this is what's happened to you. I said, but the thing about being science-based is we kind of want everything to be material, and for something to be scientifically proven, it has to be, one, observable. We have to be able to see it. 
Um, we have to be able to measure it and it has to be repeatable. And that's great. I said, we need that. You know, we need science. We need we need to make medical advancements and, and all kinds of things to help us, I said. But there's something else, isn't there? I said that, that there's there's other realities other than the physical ones I said and they're the things that we that we base our lives on like love and hope and suffering or all of the things that we experience that actually make us human they're the things on which our lives are based that's foundational to our lived experience and I said so they're not mutually exclusive science and faith actually you need both of them but they are two different things and you can't measure one in the same way you can measure the other. But it doesn't mean the other one is less real. In fact, I would argue that, in fact, it's, it's more important to us as, as humans in terms of how we live out our lives, what our lives are rooted in and how we relate to others is very much in the, spi- in the spiritual realm. And God is of the spirit. And, and when he came to us as Jesus, he manifested into the physical so he brought heaven and earth together in the person of Jesus Christ. In, he came to become like us because we are physical matter, you know, here we are. But we're also of the spirit and there's more of us going on on the inside than there is on the outside, I said. So we're talking about something different to the physical when we talk about God and the spirit. So he was listening to this for quite a while and he said, Ah, oh, yeah, so I, I sort of get that. And I said, well, God is the spirit. He is going to communicate to us in less physical ways than we would ordinarily recognise. But he will show us through our physical selves who he is. So when you saw the sign, I said, I certainly would not dismiss that as God giving you a, a sign or a communication that he exists, he's in your life and he wants you to know him. Don't close yourself off. Keep yourself open to God's communications. Keep pursuing, keep seeking, because it says in the scriptures, seek and you will find. And it also says, seek first the kingdom of God and all else will be given to you. So if you want to seek him, you seek him first in prayer, in going back or going to the church learning more but also being aware of his presence in the world and around you and the way he's communicating with you and do not dismiss it because that's how it will become so real to you and I actually shared a bit of my own story with him then and it was a great conversation but it was such an opportunity Michael to actually help someone along the path a little bit and also to kind of give them an understanding that science and faith are not mutually exclusive they actually feed each other you know and I said to him you know when, when you look at the life of Christ and what God has done for us through and you read it through the scriptures you realize that you've got a blueprint there for our lives and our lives actually fit the gospels and they fit the teachings it's not we don't we don't have to try and change them to fit the way we want to live we actually fit them and when you realize that it all becomes coherent, it all falls into place and you realise that you've discovered some the truth of who we are in our existence. How did that end? It Was the end of it that he was sort of open to interpreting again that experience that he had had? This guy was so, what's the word, open or... He was an intelligent man, you know. He asked lots of questions and uh, 
he is still open to it, but he's afraid of getting it wrong. And when he goes to a church where the people are, you, when you go into a church as a, a seeker or someone who's curious or, and someone tells you something, you think that must be real. I've got it wrong. And he's afraid of getting it wrong. So we left it. So it kind of reconnected him to his experience. And he said, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm going to I will stay open to it. Yeah, I said to you, there's, there's so much more to this life than we realise. And we learn the art of living as we discover the truth of the gospel. So it's the way forward. There's no other, you know, to, complete fulfillment and understanding of your life's meaning and purpose. That's the journey of discovery. And the other guys who had tried to convert him, I looked at him and he went, his, his mouth was just like that. <gasps> it's really quite funny. Now, when he first said that he had issues, you know, it's interesting because that gets you excited. Yeah, I love it. Um, I do. Yeah. For me, I, I, it's the opposite reaction because I get worried that it's going to end up being more like a debate. How do you keep it from being a debate so that it's a discussion? Yeah, because, um, well, this is a foundational principle of Genesis, really. Because it all starts with listening to the other person's experience or story and finding out what they know, you're, you're kind of getting their position on things anyway and, and, and understanding, you know, we, we talk about soul listening. So we're listening to what's really going on here. So we're actually we're looking for the issues and the challenges and because we want to bring them to the surface, because it's like if you don't open a wound, you can't pour the ointment in, can you? To avoid any kind of conflict or argument like that, we always take it back to the person's experience uh, to deal with that. So if, if someone goes off on a tangent about something, the prayer would be, reveal their soul to me. They're talking, I'm hearing their words, but I'm not seeing their soul. I'm not hearing their soul speak. So that will give us an avenue back into the right question or comment that will get them talking personally again, rather than about a particular issue. And the other thing is that is unfailing is when you bring it back to Jesus Christ himself, rather than an issue about a church or whatever it might be. And you can always find a, a point of understanding about what Jesus has done for us, if you approach it in the right way, you know, if it's in context of what they're saying. So we're not trying to prove anyone wrong. We're trying to just show them that Jesus is right. So we don't, we don't get into conflict or argument. Never, we'd never get into conflict or it's not, it just doesn't, it just wouldn't be a factor. I think also the way you speak, the tone of voice, um, even the expression on your face is, all plays a part in in the way we are learning, uh, the way we evangelize. And a genuine care for where the other person is in terms of their relationship or not with Jesus. It struck me as you were telling the story that there was three different people or groups that in some way missed the opportunity. So the first yeah. was that church that he went into. Mm. And there was just kind of no welcome. It was, everybody was focused on looking inward, you know, those the pictures of the really important people in the parish, when really, you know, the most important people in the parish are the ones that aren't there. And so there was literally a new person coming into that parish, into yeah. that church that was looking, that was open, that was seeking, and they missed him. He was a stranger in their midst that just went right through. And then this lady that was leading the Alpha that basically said, no, God doesn't work in that way. Yeah. And... 
you know, we're only halfway through the course, so you don't experience God in the first half. It's only, you know, session eight or session nine or session 10 or the Holy Spirit weekend or whatever that, mm. that mm. couldn't see beyond her own program. And then, but also interesting, the person that introduced you to him that, you know, obviously they still had a relationship and they were kind of joking together and stuff, but somehow he had found it difficult to be an instrument moving this, moving this along. person yeah. faith. Yeah. And it just struck me, Michelle, that each of these people in some ways... This guy was being served up to them. He's right there. Mm. He's talking about a desire for God and openness. The opportunities were just missed. Yeah. Uh, can I th- just say something about that, Michael, from, from actually from the perspective of the evangelizer at the time, which was me at this time. When someone like his, obviously he was voicing his complaints to me. When someone says, oh, I went into the church and there was the things on the notice board and no one wanted to talk to me, you might want to go, well, that's terrible. Oh, my goodness, an unfriendly church like that. You know, because that that's kind of how we, that's a natural part of communication in terms of wanting to align yourself with someone's thinking, right? And maybe get yourself up a little notch. And, and then with the lady at the Alpha who said, oh, no, 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 don't know. Now, if you notice, I didn't respond to that. And in fact, what was going through my mind was when he was saying about the notice board was, well, you know what? You know, they had the notices up as a point of identification because it's nice to have a personal face. So, so you know who to go to if there's a problem and things like this. And that would have been what I might have said, but actually I kept quiet because the spirit, I didn't feel I wanted to speak at that time. And then when he spoke about the lady in the Alpha, I didn't go... Well, she's just daft, isn't she? Because God does that. So we have to make a point of not diminishing the work of other people because they'll all have some part to play. So you just don't need to comment on those things because they're not actually the issues, are they? They're, 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 you know, they're, they're, he's just explaining what's happened along the way, but by speaking about those people isn't actually going to help him along the way. So you just have to be careful. I think it's really important to have that integrity about you when you're evangelizing because you can get easily get distracted and sidetracked into talking about the churches that don't do things well and and that's not what it's about but your question michael was they didn't see the opportunity well I, you know for me it was presented to me wasn't it which on that occasion which is great but you know part of what we do in genesis is is about developing a missionary attitude and a missionary intention so initially it's like anything that you do like learning to drive a car when you have to be conscious all the time of what you're doing on the road and eventually it all becomes very natural the more you practice and you're not actually holding the steering wheel quite so tightly and all that because it's just becomes you know you become unconsciously competent Um, and it's the same with with developing this missionary intention so eventually it's not like oh I must try and get an encounter today. You develop a hyper-awareness of opportunity, of being alerted to opportunity. You know, you get a little nudge from the Holy Spirit that says, there's a conversation here, you know? And then you say, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm in a conversation here. Or sometimes, you know, like I was walking through the park the other day and there was a lady and she sitting on the bench and she had a, a skateboard by her feet. So as I was walking past, I was intentional. I wanted to start a conversation. So I went, is that your skateboard? I can see you're going to jump up and 
get on that in a minute and go sailing off down the thing. And it opened up into this conversation about meaning and purpose. And and she had a book in her lap. And my follow up question was going to be, what are you reading? And about five minutes into the conversation, she said, I can't believe this is happening. You won't believe this book I started reading this morning. And it was Viktor Frankl's... Uh, mm. uh, um, Man's Search yeah, for Meaning. Yeah, that one, yeah. And uh, and so we ended up having this amazing conversation. But that came from being intentionally missionary. Having a missionary intention or a missionary vigilance is something that, as we walk in the Spirit as inspired people, that's what we should be carrying with us at all times, unconsciously subconsciously um so you do become vigilant when there's new people in the church or or somebody looks a bit lost or someone looks a bit sad or and you want to cross the divide and and speak to them because you know you're walking in the spirit and the spirit's guiding you the whole time the other thing that strikes me is that it's having the eyes to see but it's also the willingness to give the time to it because we can be rushing around so quickly like you're walking somewhere and you see this lady with the, uh, with yeah, the skateboard. skateboard. It was a kid's skateboard, actually. But <laughs> fun. Yeah. But you're willing to sort of interrupt what you're doing, and you probably were uh, had somewhere to be and something to do. But it's like, no, I can take the time to have this conversation here. Our lives are just so busy, and they're so packed, and we've always got you know three minutes to get this done, and then we're going here, and then we're going there. It doesn't give us the space to just stop and have these spontaneous conversations. Yeah, but isn't that half the time because we're just intent on what we we want to do rather than what's best for the other person, you know? I mean, sure. Yeah, the other evening I was going across for some milk and I walked through the underpass and there was a lady walking towards me and she was clearly in tears. And, and my first instinct was, oh, I've got to get back with this milk because, you know, it's tea time. But then, you know, <laughs> the, the Holy Spirit just said, don't walk past that lady with his crying gun cross over to her and see if you can do anything to help and I went across and I said oh my goodness you're upset is there anything I can do are you okay you know and she was like oh thank you for stopping she said and then she started to tell me about a situation she had going on at home and we ended up praying together you know it was it was an amazing thing but do you know what in my experience it's usually when you're in a rush to do something that the Holy Spirit is saying show slow down <laughs> and be aware of who's around you and what's going on you get a much deeper dive into life that way well Michelle we got three testimonies in less than half an hour so that was really wonderful Good. thank you so much for all of this michelle thanks michael thank you for listening to the encounters podcast we'd love to reach more people with these stories of encounter you can help us make this happen by leaving a rating on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts or by sharing this episode with a friend be part of getting the word out so that more catholics can be inspired and equipped to be missionary disciples god bless you